Sludgelords, Adam22 and Danny back in the building. We missed last week. Basically just had a really crowded schedule. There's a lot of crap going on. We, we managed to not be able to make it happen with Thanksgiving and everything. But we do have a bonus episode. I don't know if we're going to put it out this week or if we're going to put it out next week. But we are going to have our first ever guest. Second ever second guest. Second because of Yuri. Uh, second, first ever legitimate guest? Yes. Respectable guest, maybe? Yeah. And I don't want to... Sh- clean, bathed. Sexually active. With an income source. <laughs> you have no idea how hard you're roasting him right now. Yuri! No, but, He's a um, nice guy. I no, like Yuri. Yuri is a great guy, but you're right. The Destiny is much more of like a fully formed human being. I'm a little intimidated when we have him on. Really? We're not going to talk about it too much. He's a smart fellow. Yeah. And I sort of brand myself as the intellectual, like, <laughs> I graduated college. Let me tell you about the checks and balances in government. It, yeah, That's it, me. But against him, right? it's not me. Yeah. No, no, I, I completely agree. Because I'm like, in a fair percentage of the conversations I have, I'm kind of like the smartest guy. Let's just say, or like, if not the smartest guy, it's like, I'm clearly the one who's like trying to push the conversation in a smart angle. And when I'm around him, uh, I think Aaron I feel Carter, like I'm retarded. Aaron Carter challenged you intellectually a couple times. Be honest about that. at least. <sighs> uh, rest in peace to the goat. Yeah, definitely. But uh, then also, okay, so that, that's coming up. That, that'll probably drop either later this week or next week. And then, I mean, that's, that's pretty much it. That's the only thing we have in terms of updates, right? Yeah, I guess somebody got the shit kicked out of him in the chair I'm sitting in right now. I didn't know it was this chair. Yeah, yeah. Am I sitting in blood? Somebody tell me. You're not, but if they hadn't mopped it down, you might have been. I don't know that he was actually like leaking on the couch. He He was was. leaking on the couch. I'm getting an emphatic nod from Josh. You may have AIDS as we speak. Was he dirty, the guy? No, no, no. No, actually, that's that's terrible. I'm inferring that he has AIDS, which is not at all the case. But that has been a wild thing. Like, because, okay, realize that it came out or like it happened. And I didn't think that there was any chance it was coming out for like eight hours. And then I was like, fuck, if I can get him to sign this fucking piece of paper, then we could put it out and have this crazy viral thing. And then is this the first time you've talked about this behind the, sa- behind the scenes process? Because I don't want to retread it, but that sounds real interesting. We did talk about it on the No Jumper show last week. But mm-hmm. yeah, it was pretty, it was a big decision to make. Okay. But the, it's crazy because if you watch, there's another podcast that the kid Kelpie who got beat up that he did right before that. And you can see, I only saw a few little clips, but you could see how the energy is like being built up. Like he's kind of like being told don't let anybody disrespect you or this is how you got to act if this happens or whatever. So that's why he came in with that super aggressive energy towards suspect. Anybody named Kelpie. <laughs> I, I mean, kelp is a thing that animals in the ocean of all sizes just feed on. Right. That's sort of a no disrespect against Kelpie, but you're setting yourself up to be the victim. I also that's like rule number one of martial arts and self-defense. You can't let somebody get close to you. Yeah. He let him right up in his face. Yeah. And and I didn't exactly have the best reaction time either. I was really crawling my way up out of that chair and even almost retreated. If I actually that would have been the best meme. If I didn't help in the fight at all, if I had just walked away, uh-huh. that would have been funny. You're not paid to break up fights. I mean, that's kind of how I was feeling, too. I was like, shit, I'm, I'm, I'm in charge of this shit. I could be all up in this mix here. Yeah, you had very... I remember we talked about you on uh, the Plug Talk Show, how sometimes you could have a sloth-like sexual energy, like... <laughs> Apparently, you have the same energy when it comes to physical fu- violence. Yeah, I'm not exactly Herb Bean. 
Herb Dean. But then when I like, more like Steve Mazzagatti. Yeah, yeah. When I got up behind him too, it was like, oh no, there's like elbows like swinging back towards me. Like if I get too close, I might get you know a little little cut on me, a little bump, a bruise, or something. I'm not we trying to take that. any damage. No, no. We can't have that. No, I'm trying to have a flawless victory here. I'm trying to walk out of here unscathed. Your forehead looks great, by the way. <laughs> Does it? Those guys, dude. Something about I don't know the guy, the assailants. I don't even know his name. Hopefully, mm-hmm. it's better than Kelpie. But I'm, almighty suspect, big sus gerb. See, that's how it works out. <laughs> that's why you can't name your child something soft like James. I'm pretty sure his parents named him something different. You got to change it on your own, then. Let me ask you something. How did you approach Thanksgiving? Approach is a weird way to mention it mm. approach thanksgiving right that implies some level of strategy and forethought exactly because for me as somebody who's in the middle of this diet and i'm down almost 25 pounds and anyway i, I have to approach thanksgiving like very deliberately right because i feel like i could gain back the 25 pounds in like one meal if i really wanted to because thanksgiving is just it's that environment where you can just absolutely just Stuff yourself beyond return. Now, I understand you as a skinny guy. You probably don't have the same set of concerns. And I've also been alerted by the chat that they essentially think I have body dysmorphia. So, Yeah, and you've got all the, the characteristics. You're a porn star. You have OnlyFans. You're obsessed with TikTok. You're saying I deserve my body dysmorphia? I'm saying you check the boxes. Yeah. Deserve is, is a harsh word. It's part of the job. It is. Yeah. It was. There are. We're going to tell you guys right now that a lot of times we have to cut the cameras, and Adam's got to go to the bathroom to vomit. Okay, it's part of keeping that physique he's got. Have you ever done that? I haven't done that. I had always heard girls talk about it because I don't know what it is, but there's something about me where I tend to really draw in girls with eating disorders throughout my life. Nice. Just something about me, I guess. Um, and I, I haven't thought about it in any kind of depth. But uh, anyway. I never understood how you could do that because even the biggest meal I've ever eaten in my life, I kind of felt like if I shove my fucking finger down my throat, nothing's going to happen. Like the food is already like deep in there, like Uh pretty quickly. Don't you think? Yeah. The calories have already rubbed off in your esophagus. And I think that that's a big part of it too, is that if you fucking puke your food up, like most of the calories are already absorbed. But one time I ate like a huge meal in Long Beach and then the fucking ice cream truck came and I got a giant ice cream sundae and I ate that. And I I think this actually happened to me two times and it was almost exactly the same thing where I ate the huge meal then I ate the ice cream sundae from the food truck and then my body just was like, you have to go throw this up. Mm-hmm. And I had to do the thing where you're digging around in your fucking throat, trying to find that little button. The G-spot. Yeah. and The bulimia I, and G-spot. You, and you tap that shit. You tap it, uh-huh. and that food just starts... Yeah. Were you in the bushes? But No, I was in the bathroom. But like when you look at the puke, too, you're like, that is nothing in comparison to how much food I just ate. And it feels like I threw up a ton. And now, also, you have the taste of stomach acid in your mouth. Oh, the and, worst. And also, you have to live for the next week, or actually, I guess, for the rest of your life, with the knowledge that you conducted yourself like a, a girl who was a sophomore in high school. We should do a deep dive into bulimia sometime, because there are levels to that shit. That's one thing that I learned from dating a girl with a really gnarly uh, eating disorder back in the day, because she would tell me a lot of stuff, and then at one point I started to like lurk this message board that she was on that was like a private message board, and I was lurking it to f- after we broke up, because she didn't realize that I had her login. Like She had left the shit logged in on my computer. So and you I could, had to find a new girlfriend, too. I could go on there, and I could read about all the different things that she had going on in her life and one of the things i realized was that she could make herself puke with no hands 
So in the tiers of bulimic bitches, this is like you're you're goaded. Like yeah. if you can make yourself do it without having to fucking stimulate your throat, then you're hardcore. And also it really kind of fucked in my head too because she started dating this black guy after we stopped dating and there was a thread on the forum about how intimidating it was to hook up with this guy with this giant dick. So for me as a guy who was kind of like heartbroken and like going through all that, yeah, that played some games with my uh, brain chemistry. That was a little rough. I was going to make a joke. <laughs> I was going to make a joke about like 20 years ago. Finding a message <laughs> like today went okay. Woke up, had an egg, threw it up pronto, <laughs> and then proceeded to suck my boyfriend's dick, which is a little smaller than I like. Yeah. I, I was going to make a joke about that, but that actually happened. That, that really was actually me, a message yeah. it sounds. Yeah, apparently my dick was just fine. This guy's dick not so fine. Anyway, she believed that he was like 28 and then found out a couple months later he was 48. So you just as her life carried on. But think about that. He lied to her about his age by 20 years. That's some fuck shit. Like that's fire. Black don't crack. They say it and that allows you to get away with stuff like this that. This guy's like kind of famous too and I really wish I could expose him, but this, it'd be a little too grimy. This is the second famous person you've told me about. And then you told me about the other guy who uh your chick left you for who was beloved, quote unquote. And I meant to ask you after the mics went cold who this feller was, and I forgot. Was it the same guy? No. Okay. That story is insane. And it is a fucking miracle that that story has never come to light on this podcast, and I will not talk about it at all, but if I will tell you off camera. And sometimes I'm amazed by the research skills of the fucking fans, and sometimes I'm like, man, y'all really left this one on the cutting room floor, huh? Mm -hmm. I couldn't figure it out. I'll tell you all about it later. My best guess was John Stamos. Dating a bulimic girl. The pros and cons. Pros, suppressed gag reflex. Did she ever throw up on your dick, though? Did she ever bring her eating no. habits and her sex life into the same moment? No. And even that, that's something that, like, even in porn, like, puke. I mean, like, most of the girls aren't going to really be super down for that, don't you think? Dude. People, I feel like you're the guy to talk about this with. I get made fun of a lot on my other podcast, The Leo and Danny Show, because I mentioned once that I masturbated to a video where a girl is giving a guy head and alternately throwing up all over her massive fake tits. Wow. I mentioned that once, and now I never hear the end of it. You probably know the porn star in question, Ooh. Amber Alina. Sounds familiar. I don't know. She's got huge tits. And I'm going to confess right now that my girlfriend, this, I guess, sort of ties into the question you asked about how I approach Thanksgiving. Well, I approached Thanksgiving with a bottle of Luberderm and a box of tissues. Because my girlfriend went home, and I stayed at the apartment all by my lonesome, oh. and I might have pulled up that Amber Alina video that I hadn't watched, that I'd forbade myself from watching for probably six months. I Before I even get into Thanksgiving any deeper, I just want to tell you that I think it's okay that you have a puke fetish, because myself personally, I remember one time sitting on my bike at Union Square in New York City, and there was people like just going to the train from from bars and clubs in the area and i see a guy and he's holding this hot ass asian girl over his shoulder because she's passed out drunk right she's hot she has like a nice body huge boobs he's got her over his shoulder she is passed out so this is already kind of like a weird thing to be observing. what does the guy look like uh the most ordinary looking asian guy you've ever seen in your life okay you now this was like almost 20 years ago so i don't really remember but if he I, wasn't asian <laughs> or white that would be suspicious asian guy in a in a dark black suit Mm -hmm. 
So do it that way you will. Anyway, Yakuza. she she begins to vomit, project like while over his shoulder and he kind of like loses like control of like her body that he's holding and stuff. And you know, in that moment I realized like yes, vomiting is hot. Ooh. Now she was passed out. So I'm not like willing to say that this specific thing was hot in any way and I hope that he took her home and put her to bed and didn't get any weird stuff going on. But it's kind of hot. I'm seeing the connection now. Anyway. You admit puking is hot. You dated exclusively, I'm going to say exclusively bulimic girls for a decade vomit. of your life. I hate vomit. Then why is it hot? I don't know. It's just something about just seeing that shit blast out of there. I don't think I would like it in real life. Like, I could watch a girl sucking a dick and puking on the dick, but I, I, if that happened to me in real life, I think I would just be like, no, you, you need to go. I don't know what it is about this video. I watched it once and I jerked off to it. I just admitted I jerked off to it. You used the word fetish, which fuck you. I'm not willing to give that up. I'm not willing to say it's a fetish. Right. But I jerked off to it again this weekend, and I don't know what that means. I, I would just roll with it. I mean, to me, fuck it. Wait, what are you, what are you so scared of? Well, I'm afraid that I'm going to desensitize myself, where I don't want to reach the point where I can't get off unless a chick with K-sized titties is uh, throwing up somewhere in the vicinity. I'm just so glad that my jerking off hasn't really been like radicalized over the years because I'm pretty much still jerking off to the same exact type of stuff that I was when I was like 17. So that feels good. Like that, I just like my brain hasn't felt the need to go on this journey of like, uh-huh. oh, there needs to be a, a, just some dude standing in the corner. I need. <laughs> There's got to be a donkey. I have to be doing this in an igloo. Like I don't know, because like people seem like they get further and further in their life, and they keep finding out more and more weird shit they have to involve themselves with. But it's funny that you say that you've spent Thanksgiving alone because all right, so I was doing my morning cardio on Sunday, and I fucking there was no good podcast because everything is fucking shut down for the latter half of last week. Mm. And so I say, okay, why don't I recheck in with Joe Budden? I haven't listened to his podcast like a random episode in a while. And I'm listening to him talk about how he spent Thanksgiving alone in bed, jerking off, watching, I don't know, sports or movies or some shit like that. And I I was thinking to myself, wow, that sounds so depressing. I'm so glad I have a family and people who care about me. And Uh then it turns out that you are just as miserable and depressed as Joe Button. So Uh let's hear more about this. Listen, I don't know where Joe Button lives. Which city is it? Jersey. Jersey. All right. I've never lived on the East Coast, but it's probably easier to get from Jersey to New York or Pennsylvania than it is to get from Southern to Northern California. All right? They have a fantastic train system over there. You're right that it is closer. And also, that, that is the problem, right, is that like, his family lives in that vicinity, I would think. So like he chose – no, but I think he has a kid. He has a son who's like a grown-ass man with a woman that he doesn't get along with. So he's like exiled from that part oh, of the family dynamic. I don't know what's going on with – the rest of his family but like like what would have been your strategy to spend time around your loved ones if you were going to do that because i'm not sure exactly like how close that was for him and he just chose not to yeah I mean, for me my approach to spending time with my loved ones over thanksgiving would have involved waiting at lax not at the security line not at the gate waiting about two miles down the road from lax first of all that's the first step. You have to wait in a traffic line to even get near the fucking airport. Your fucking parents live like a seven-hour drive away, right? Much longer if it's Thanksgiving. Yeah, but like an extra hour and a half. I would just drive. Why, the, why are you so scared to sit in your car for eight hours? Oh, have you ever taken the grapevine in late autumn, buddy? It gets snowy and slippery. It's far too I've slippery. I've driven to San Francisco like a billion fucking times. It's not that big a deal. Only in the summer, I bet. I would rather do it than sit at home and jerk off on Thanksgiving. There is a, a level of depression that I associate that with that I don't want my brain 
to experience. Listen, after I jerked off to the porn where the girl throws up all over her nipples, <laughs> I looked myself in the mirror and I said, buddy, you're a winner. Yeah. But seriously, dude, I, that drive, no. Again, I told you, it gets really snow. Have you seen Lord of the Rings? I love a long drive. No. Well, there's a part where it's all snowy and like the mountains falling apart because the wizard is going, you can see snow. Dude, I did it once. I drove up the grapevine around this time of the year. I'll never do it again. Well, it's very perilous. I don't know. To me, it's like I just am scared of putting myself in positions where I know I'm going to be like prone to loneliness and sadness and definitely being alone on a holiday feels like that would do that for me. I think we need to get you on suicide watch. You couldn't have done one Thanksgiving on your own? If I have, I would go very out of my way to avoid that. Most of the time when my parents still lived on the East Coast, I would fly back for Thanksgiving. Then at a certain point, I realized this is insane. I can't fly back for Thanksgiving and then Christmas a month later. Yeah. Which, that, that's a fair idea. That's sort of my thinking. And if you're telling me right now, just that eight-hour drive, Danny, you know, you're sort of a piece of shit for not going and visiting the folks. That's 16 hours. 16 waking hours. I don't have a Tesla yet. I can't I'm listening doze off. to Joe Rogan's Spotify catalog, catching up on that Babylon Bee episode you never listened to. Oh, yeah. You're, so, mister, I don't want to get radicalized with my jerking off. You're trying to turn me into an alt-right terrorist. Okay, well, you could listen to Destiny or the Young Turks or some shit. There instead. we go. Keep yeah. it balanced. You know, yeah. once I hit Bakersfield, switch over to the left-wing you stuff. You yourself, but yeah. something about Thanksgiving that I want to talk about, and this has been a theme that we've covered on this theme. podcast. That's like what a, a theme. that's your tick is going with like r- random vowels. Theme. <laughs> I wanted to lay into that e. Yeah, I like it. This I saw this pop up relating to Thanksgiving. First of all, I was thinking when I pop up. Oh, keep going. Here. I don't know the rest of the song because okay. I'm white. It's good. Thanksgiving. First of all, the first thing I thought was, you know what? I'm really sick of. Sick of. I'm really sick of seeing hacky tweets and articles on various news sources about celebrating Thanksgiving this year. Well, when you're saying your prayers around the table, maybe say one for the natives that your people drove off their land. I'm just like, oh my god, what a trite observation. Yes, there were Indians. Yes, people treated them bad. I'm not even going to say we. I know people like to lump us in. Some guys with buckle shoes, 300, 400, however many fucking hundred Whose years ago. skin color may have resembled ours in some way, and we're supposed to feel bad about this. Yeah, it's, it wasn't me and you, okay? You, you, I feel not, you should never let anyone convince you to feel like you are responsible for the sins of your father. Now, we are specifically talking about people who are so much less connected to us than our own fathers. Yeah. If my dad was an axe murderer, I would feel nothing. I'm not even, I'm French Canadian. If your dad was an axe murderer, you do shit. Hulu would already be signing a big contract with you to come and interview you about his crimes. That's yeah. what happens and, to And I would say no, days. and they would do it anyway. These fucking sick streaming services, it's dude. You're just turning that, forget jerking off to vomit porn. Everybody's jerking off to serial killer porn these days. Oh, but, you know what I was jerking off to last night? It's Phil right here. Phil, uh, you look great. Playing dude. Guitar Hero with a fucking Slipknot mask on. Phil, I would fuck your ear holes, buddy. Yeah, I think about it every day. He's got them all stretched out from when he used to be into the metal scene. You could tell he had some fat plugs in there. What were those? The, he's still in the metal scene. You're still into the metal scene? You still go, Yeah, he was in a band and he did that. Were you ever a vocalist? Okay. You were a drummer, right? He's a hefty fellow. It'd probably be tough for him to carry a guitar around the stage and, you know, go like, 
Imagine the visual impact that that would make, though. I could see Phil playing a guitar. Well, no, he had a double guitar. You'd have to be maybe bass. You got to be take pictures of us. (laughs) Take some pictures. But I was thinking that, and then of course, what's the first thing I see? Just all these TikToks, like fact. The Chinope tribe was actually herded out of Boston, Massachusetts, and Salem by like just shut up. We get it. And then what do I see, Adam Twenty Two? What do I see? On my Google Calendar, when I pull it up, no doubt entering in some very important event into my itinerary for the week, I see that they've turned the Friday after Thanksgiving, which is our—it's Black Friday, okay? It's already been dedicated to an ethnic minority. They have dedicated that into Native American Appreciation Day. Oh, I did see that, And yeah. it just popped up on my—did I approve it? No. Did, yeah, did how we was talk that about in my Google calendar? About it? I was thinking the same thing. Why is that in my Google calendar? I didn't put that there. You saw that. They tried, yeah. to, they tried to slip it on by us, <laughs> yeah, huh? Yeah. And we already did that with Columbus Day. Right. We already made Columbus Day like a slash indigenous peoples thing. So now Thanksgiving, too. We can't just... Who, when they celebrate Thanksgiving, thinks it has anything to do with fucking Native Americans? It has nothing to do with that. It has something to do with you feeling less lonely and getting drilled by younger people in your family about a fight that happened on your podcast. I guess I'm referencing something that happened to Adam at his Thanksgiving dinner. I'm no, sorry. No, but uh, that, that's true. And I feel like... I, I feel the exact same way about every holiday, really. That they are all just reasons to kind of have a good time. St. Patrick's Day. I don't know what the fuck that means. A bunch of people wearing green. They want to get drunk. That's cool. I don't really personally take part, but I've done it before. And the same way with like, you know, fucking Christmas. It's like, I'm teaching my kid to be hyped up on Christmas. I am going to tell my kid at some point, God and Jesus are a total lie. And anybody who tells you otherwise is, is lying to you. And you should come to me and consult me about it. But we're still doing Christmas. We're still having fun with the Santa thing and the gifts, whatever, you know? Yeah, no, it's great. I don't care about the meaning. It's important. I tell her all the time, Santa is the reason for the season. (laughs) And she's going to find out at some point about the season. What does that even mean, dude? Because they always say Jesus is the reason for the season. Oh, do they? I've never heard they say that. (laughs) What a white person are you? That's like the whitest phrase before coexist bumper stickers. It's just the, the, the Native American Day thing, which again, like you get together for Thanksgiving to remember, sure, Thanksgiving. You remember what you're thankful for. And all of us sitting in this room right now. Sid, I don't know. We all have something to be thankful for. Okay? Something. And Thanksgiving, you know, it helps you to be like, like, here's an example. I was on Zillow watching house porn, looking up house porn. Just, you do that, too. You get on Zillow. You're like, oh, fuck. I never have, but my girl does. And I sometimes will, like, look over her shoulder while she does it. $18 million mid-century modern in the, in the heart of Beverly Hills. Oh, yeah. I'm going to come everywhere. And we watch Architectural Digest videos. We were just watching Emma Chamberlain's house tour that has, like, 8 million views on YouTube. Oh, my God. I want to show up. Th- I'm not going to say what I want to do. That was going to be a dark joke. That She's your type? Sound. I was going to say something about defacing the property. Uh, it was going to be a joke, but I realized that you deleted off YouTube. Yeah, they would understand she is like astonishing to me because i met her randomly at tana's uh TanaCon mm-hmm. when she was like 16 or 17 and i watched a couple of her videos after i met her just to like see what was going on and i was like oh she's fucking really talented she's like got a good sense of humor and personality and stuff and now she's just like this massive high fashion ambassador her house is ignorantly nice dude it's fucked up 
so much nicer than mine. Damn. That's why I, I hate know. when people act like I have a nice house. There's houses like that out here. I know. Mine yeah. looks like a fucking romper room for a little kid. Dude, LA, that's a thing. There's always something better, but mm. there's always something better. I was on Zillow looking at this house and I was like, oh my God, look at the office upstairs. Because for me, the, the main attraction isn't the master bedroom. It's the office space because that's where I spend most of my time. I was like, look at this office. It opens up onto a balcony here. It's in the Lafayette Triangle. Oh, if only I had an office that opened up onto a balcony. And then I proceeded to close my laptop, get up, walk out my door onto my office balcony and look out over a hill. And I was like, oh, wait, I already have an apartment that has sort of an office balcony thing. Okay. I have so much I could be thankful for Thanksgiving right now. But instead, we've got people out there that are trying to take these traditions away from us and make the Friday after Thanksgiving fucking Native American Appreciation Day. Well, why, why can't we do that as well? I we mean, already we already they do are that. part of the reason for the season, right? Like Santa, it's a different season, but no, uh, yeah, it's but we understand that, don't we? Like uh, we've already been educated extensively. Well, why do we have any holidays about anything that's happened throughout history? Right? Well, because the the holidays. Thanksgiving wasn't started in Salem, Massachusetts and fucking whatever the fuck, whatever. It was started around the time of Abraham Lincoln because this one very motivated woman realized it would be a good opportunity for people to get together with their families, have some good face-to-face connection, more important than ever right now, more important than ever, and reflect on what's already good in their lives. That's what's important about a holiday. St. Patrick's Day is a time to go out and get fucking laid, okay? That's not a real holiday. And Native American Appreciation Day, what the fuck is that? Am I going to go shoot a bow and arrow at a cat? It, but it might and it might be a fair time for us to reflect on the terrible things that our country has done to those people, right? But that's Indigenous Peoples Day, isn't it? Wait, oh, so there's there's multiple? I can miss that at some point. Remember that? That's what we're talking about on Columbus Day. All right, Indigenous people is different than Native American holiday. I don't I, I kind of lost track of how this, this is all set up. I'm not sure how yeah it's like it's it's cool i let me ask you something yeah what how much have you ever jogged you jog right i like jogging okay to what extent have you ever gotten to a routine in an area where you're jogging over and over and over and you see the same people all the time because it's a neighborhood and you just kind of like we'll see certain people over and over you go jogging 20 times you fucking jog past the same 60 year old lady a million times and you you get into a routine, you nod your head, hey, how you doing? Yeah. You know, that kind of thing? Yeah. Mine's the passed out junkie underneath the Culver City Bridge. Yeah, it does occur to me that this is more of like a nice neighborhood thing, so I don't know exactly how this is connecting with you, but in general, to me, that's a thing. There is a guy who runs in my neighborhood. I'm going to go out on a limb and say this motherfucker might be jogging two hours a day. Like, he is consistently out there in the field. When I go out to do cardio, this motherfucker is out there. How old? I'm going to say he's like early 30s, perhaps, and he's a very, very good looking guy. This is like, there's no denying it. He Mm -hmm. looks to me like he might be a a movie star, an actor, Mm -hmm. a model, something like that that would require him to do a lot of cardio because he has to stay in really good shape. Shredded. I thought for a long time that this guy absolutely fucking hated me because I would be out there walking, sometimes alone, sometimes with the kids, sometimes with the dog, never looks at me. I see him when I'm with my girl. Net, it would not make eye contact, does not lose track of this sight that he has on what he's doing on the street. And so, the no my, courtesy nod, my girl, no smile. He's the same way with her, uh-huh. has never smiled at her. Now, I'm thinking also, it's like maybe he's a hater. I spoke to some other people who do cardio in the area, and it's confirmed he does not say hello to anyone. This, so, he's just running around hot as fuck, beautiful. 
Just a man. He looks like he could be on the cover of a romance novel. Do you wish you could catch him so you could suck his dick? That's what I'm doing when I'm doing cardio. I'm kind of chasing him, trying to, trying to get him to slow down. Someday. And I just think it's like the most bizarre thing on earth. And then the other day, his callousness was tested to a degree that I did not know that it ever would be. I'm out. I have this little bike with like a handle on the back. And so my kid rides it and it's got training wheels, but I'm able to like hold this thing in the back and kind of like guide her around. Right. And so she tweaks out at some point and she decides she basically wants to jump off the bike while it's moving. I'm going pretty slow, but basically she like goes off and like, if this is the handlebar, she kind of like, like it hits her on the side of the head as she's like collapsing off the bike for no reason, because two year olds just do things that make no sense. And so this guy's kind of like jogging by us at the moment that she's sort of kind of like face plants off the bike and she's totally fine. And she had a helmet on anyway, just for the record, but she's crying like really loud. He doesn't even look over. He doesn't do a, I'm, I'm like, bro, your commitment to staying stoic in these situations is it's all time. It's incredible to me. This is like amazing. A crying baby. I don't give a fuck if it's Jeffrey Dahmer. If he's attending to a crying baby as I'm like jogging by, I'm probably yeah. going to like stop by and be like, you okay? I'm going to keep jogging like so I don't lose my, my flow. But I would do that for anybody. And I'm just like amazed that this guy has just chosen to remove himself from any sort of human communication while also doing this for hours a day. He could have put a treadmill in his room. Mm-hmm. I thought there was going to be a happy ending. I thought no. you were going to tell me that once the toddler went down, that he was going to be over there like, oh, I'm so sorry, man. I see you. You you know, your form's actually really good. Toe striker. That's better for your knees. I thought he was going to have a convo with you. and This was going to end happily. Maybe his theory is that once he gives in once, once he breaks his perfect forward eye position, he looks at you and he waves and nods and smiles. He's going to be locked into a wave and nod and smile. And then pretty soon you two are going to be talking about the weather yeah. when really he's trying to shed that pesky stomach fat. Well, if the wave, nod and smile, and it's, it seems like it's been a long time since he had pesky stomach fat, but like it seems like that nod, that wave. I, I would say like, okay, maybe if you have to do that a hundred times in a day, it does add up and that's an extra five minutes. I don't think it takes any time. Because you don't even stop running. You just, hey, how you doing? I say hi to people all the fucking time. And I will admit, though, that that's part of why this is so interesting to me that he has chosen to live like this. Because I get it. Like, when I'm walking on the street and I see a 60-year-old lady and she's walking with her dog and I say, hi, how you doing? That is so fake. It's the fakest thing on fucking earth because I'm never going to know her name. I'm never going to establish any kind of real connection with her. Yeah, if she, like, fell over and was having a heart attack, I would stop and... Momentarily, her tits and then <laughs> grab her boob before she died. <laughs> no, but uh, I would stop for sure. But like, I'm just saying, like, it's not like we ever plan on having a real connection here. And it's the same thing with all the people that I see who are walking their dogs or doing whatever while I'm out doing cardio. Is all of them? Hey, how you doing? But it's the fake. It's the, they don't even answer the question. They say, hey, they don't even say good. This is why I'm going to side with this dude right now <laughs> is because I've done both things. I've had the neighbors I can I keep at arm's length. I'm just stiff arming these motherfuckers away from me because I know it's going to get sucked into mundane conversations about, oh, yeah, the weeds. Oh, yeah. Oh, the new neighbors. Ooh. Oh, that, that's not an option. I'm not stopping to talk to you. Even the people I actually know, like I have like one person in the neighborhood I'm actually friends with when I see him and I'm doing cardio. It gets like 45 seconds. I'm going to stop because I'm not trying to let my fucking heart rate go down. I'm here for a reason. See, me, I've gone the complete opposite way from the gay porn star that will not look at you when he jogs. I talk to everybody. I have in my to figure it out. I have to scan his face and submit it online and figure out he's got to be on a show. Yeah. All right. Continue. 
I talk to everybody, and now I have a borderline homeless woman who lives in her van who I have 20-minute conversations with every other day. Wow. She loves me. She hates everybody else in my apartment complex. She thinks they're all the white devil, but now she just loves me. I, You know, the, the thought actually popped into my head while I was talking to this 68-year-old black woman who lives in her car that she would probably blow me because— <laughs> I stop and I talk to her all the time, and the energy got really sexual <laughs> once. I have another guy who's uh, he's been a garbage man for, I think, 35 years. His name is Lane, and he always comes out to me. He's like, you know why you and I get, get along so well, man? Because Jesus. We both got Jesus in us. I have that guy. That's weird for him to assume that. He's right. Right. Unlike you, I have Jesus. I know the real reason for the season. Right. And now I, it's hard for me to get anything done, jogging or otherwise, because either Mickey, which is the woman's name, or my boy Lane are going to be out there, and we're going to be talking about <laughs> Jesus, or there's going to be strong blowjob energy. Mm. And I, I'm there for the ride. And I don't mind it. I think overall, as a person, it makes me happier having those connections. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, definitely. And that's why I find it so strange that this guy rejects any sort of like, because I've never even like said hi to him. I just look at him there's a couple times where i was like you know hey like raise my hand and he doesn't even look over that i was just so astonished because it's like that right there is the thing that we're missing as a society and that's why i think when you move to a decent neighborhood where people actually go outside and walk around or whatever it's kind of like on you to embrace this and try to like encourage some sort of like niceness in the neighborhood right you white like, people got to stick together listen we have people of other races in my neighborhood Mostly, Do you? Mostly Jewish. Uh, Middle Eastern. White. No, pretty Indian, much just white. Jewish, Asian. Not I've even seen. those? Uh, no, I've seen a handful of Asians. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Asians are the next one. The next one's infiltrating the uh, the gentrified neighborhoods, you know. Listen, I would love for the neighborhood to be my, more diverse. Mm -hmm. I'm working on it. Mm -hmm. I've started a petition. Mm -hmm. I'm going to create one of those little mini libraries outside of my uh, house, and I'm going to fill it with just all radical racial texts. And think and grow rich. It's going to be 50% radical racial text and maybe 50% uh, pick yourself up by your bootstraps, which the uh, those are kind of at odds with each other, those two styles of thought, aren't they? That is quite true, yeah. Like if you gave a black man think and grow rich, which I have done. I have given King Croc in my crew Think and Grow Rich. There are probably a lot of people who would assume that was like highly racist because like the radical left says black people can't pick themselves up by the by their bootstraps because of racism, right? Yeah, they do say that. They say that. Well, so your idea is better as far I, as I would say that the radical left are like people who are suspicious of capitalism would say that they're suspicious of everybody being able to pick themselves up by their bootstraps. And I would say that almost all thinking people are pretty questioning of that idea. It's very hard to rise up out of the middle class at this point or lower class. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, you don't seems think, like it. You don't think I'm ever going to make it into your neighborhood, buddy? Content is one way that a, a poor person could make a lot of money. Uh-huh. Yeah. A poor person? Well, I'm just saying, like, you know, myself included. Like, yeah. fucking content took me up out of the streets, my friend. It is tough. Sometimes I think, like, ah, oh, you know, this making money thing ain't so tough. But then I realize, like, I'm oh, I'm still on Medi-Cal health insurance. Mm. I still don't pay anything for health insurance. I have a hand-me-down car that my dad gave me, like, years and years ago. Right. So that was another advantage I got. There are a lot of expenses that you technically have to pay to be a functioning adult. Let me ask you this. How do you feel like you're – let's say that every month that goes by, your your financial situation is increasing by – like, the amount of money you make per month is increasing by 5% every month versus – 
the t- the year goes by and your amount of money that you're making is decreasing by 5% each month. Like how profound of a difference does that have on your mental state? Because I I felt really, really happy and good during Thanksgiving slash my birthday over this recent break. And I was thinking, I'm like, how much of your happiness here is related to the fact that your channel is having this insane spike as a result of two pimps beating the shit out of each mm-hmm, other? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Because sometimes I think that my happiness is kind of like tied to a lot of analytics. Mm-hmm. And maybe I'm not always honest with myself about that. Mm-hmm. I thought about that a lot. Yeah, absolutely. As creators, the YouTube algorithm goes in waves. Mm. And when you're on the uh, the low ebb of that, which I've sort of been dealing with recently, I had a bunch of big, big videos in the middle of the fall. And that was, fuck yeah, fucking big AdSense, new records as far as how much money the channel's brought in. But then when you come down off that and you look in at the next, the newest video you just posted, and it's like, oh, 10 out of the last 10 in terms of views. Mm. And then that happens for a couple of weeks in a row. Yeah, I feel like you're distracted. It's hard to be present. Mm-hmm. And I've had to, like this weekend, I didn't look at any sort of analytics. I had my phone off for much of the weekend, and I feel good. Mm-hmm. I feel recharged. Right. That's what I did this weekend. I didn't think about how poorly my channel is doing <laughs> and how much money I'm losing. Oh, man. Are you really losing money on no, it? No. Uh, everything's fine. No, yeah. But I, I feel you on that because it's like, in real, in reality, you could probably come up with like an algorithm that takes into account all of your different social media following counts slash your bank account slash like how much you're making from all these different things and sort of bring all that together. And it's not going to describe the entirety of how you feel about your life because there's all these other factors. But in reality, as a creator, if you are really going to be honest with yourself, a big chunk of how you're doing is going to have to be tied into that. Like I'll say that. You know, our channel, the last like three months or whatever, has maybe not been doing as good as it was doing before. And a lot of it, like, there's always this attempt to sort of like blame it, to figure out what you're doing wrong. When in reality, it's like, I mean, these pimps beating the shit out of each other certainly was an example was not an example of me doing something right mm-hmm. <laughs> you know it's just mm-hmm. something that happens uh-huh. and that's but just you reality. get the self-esteem boost yeah like, like the, you were the genius behind oh, it all. okay my channel was damn near being like supported by crip mac for like six months where it's like we're, we're interviewing crip mac uh, do you even know who that is no. No. okay we're, this is craziest gangster i know dude what you ever seen your life with. right yeah, yeah it's the 55th street crip oh, and he shit. but but basically like he's just a random dude i interviewed that i ended up maybe doing 10 interviews with and and those plus the clips were just like one of the biggest things that has happened to the channel in recent memory and he's been locked up for a while whatever but i mean that that just like me picking him out was an example of me i guess doing something right by just noticing that he was going to be a big boon mm-hmm. for the fans but you know it's like a lot of the the wins aren't really like attributed to anything that you specifically did and it, it takes like a certain level of of skill as a content creator to just not care mm-hmm. and to just look at the channel performing not so great and be like eh, okay like we're just gonna keep going like that's all right yeah you know yeah you got but then also still be looking for the underlying reasons that mm-hmm. anything might not be performing you know you gotta be trying to solve the problem but at the same time you can't let the problem haunt you right and uh, like jeff bezos i read a book on jeff bezos and amazon and i guess during the tech crash in the early 2000s Everybody was talking shit about Amazon. Everybody was saying, like, they're done. They got all this cheap angel capital money. They don't actually have any good fundamentals. And everybody in the company was starting to panic and not do their job as well and reflect the negative sentiment that America was aiming at Amazon, except for one man, Jeff Bezos, who I guess nobody could even tell 
looking at Jeff Bezos and speaking to Jeff Bezos, you couldn't tell whether the stock had just tripled in value or whether it was rock fucking bottom. Mm. He was so stoic the entire time. So that's a clue. And yeah, sometimes I envy people who make like 80K a year and they just work a job and their only metric is their their yearly salary. But day to day, they go in and do their job. And if they, they gave it their all, then they feel more or less good about themselves. We are constantly faced with analytics, which are telling us whether or not we're doing our job or not. Right. They're like, not always accurate, like it, you said. But. Because it's like if you were to get a job somewhere and they're basically like, listen, we might we might pay you 50 grand this month and we might pay you five grand this month. Yeah. It's just all about how good a job you do. Yeah, it's like, yeah. that's just going to be the weirdest <laughs> fucking job to have. Right. But that's what YouTube is like. And it's, it's not like there's a cap on it and you could get your channel deleted. So you could make zero in real, yeah. not you, but like anyone. Uh-huh. And you know, you could have the channel do so good that you make a hundred times what you thought you might make. And it's like, but, but I, I feel like, Having spent so much time playing poker and around poker players has really like prepared me for that, though. Because when you play poker, it's like there's two things happening at once. There's the reality of studying every single situation and learning how to play it in a perfect GTO game theory optimized way. But there's then, a correct move for every hand. 100%. It's like but, blackjack. Exactly. But then also at the same time, there is the reality of actually playing the game where a situation where you get all in and you have a 60% advantage and the other person has 40, this is a huge W for you, Mm -hmm. but you're going to lose 40% of the time. It's almost a coin flip. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's like, but having to like be able to put yourself through all these things and then still keep your head on straight. Cause that's really what makes a successful poker player long-term is Mm -hmm. the person who can go through these terrible ups and downs and still just keep a very level head. Yeah. I think so, too. That's why I read a lot of books on the power of positive thinking. Mm. I do. I'm into that stuff, that new agey shit. Okay. And absolutely. Like, the, the, the premise of that is that, say, you're getting shitty poker hands all the time. You're wiped. Do you have, a like, a – I know in the movie Rounders, Matt Damon had, like, a wad. He had 30 grand in his sock. Mm. Do you have, like, a poker wad, and once you get wiped out, you're done playing poker forever? No, I have, like, 100 grand at the casino, and then I have money online. You have a hundred grand just at the casino deposited. Yeah. Okay. Well, just hypothetically, if you it would be very immature and irresponsible for me to be rolling around with an amount of money that large on me. Rounders is extremely unrealistic in a lot of ways. The moment when he walks into that room and it's all the professors and they're all playing, and he's just like. Buddy just folded the three of hearts, and it's like he, he names everything that everyone has. But yeah. it's like the exact things he's saying are the kind of things you could never know in a million years. And it's so sick, like because that movie came out before the actual poker boom. Uh-huh. Online poker and the World Series of Poker and all that shit happened a couple years after Rounders. Mm-hmm. Rounders was not that successful when it came out, and mm-hmm. Matt Damon was a nobody when it mm-hmm. came out. But if you, when you got down to your last five grand at the casino, and they were thinking about throwing you out on your ass, and if your channel... (laughs) They just wouldn't let you play. If you didn't have money, they're not going to throw you out. And if every interview you were doing, and like if your dick started not working during plug talk, Mm. and you're like, you you know, Leno was like, what the fuck's up with Adam? I think he misses his old bulimic girlfriend. And if all that shit was going wrong, and all you focused on was the negative, and you started thinking about whenever you got um, a fucking seven-deuce 
offsuit, off and you were just like, oh, fuck, the worst handed poker, the worst handed poker. Or whenever you started doing an interview, you were like, this is only going to get 15,000 views. This is only going to get 15,000 views. You would tense up, and you would become a shittier interviewer, a shittier poker player, and a shittier lover. Totally, yeah. So that's part of the theory of positive thinking and the Jeff Bezos school of thought, where even if your stock price just rock-bottomed and it seems like your company is going to implode, you have to keep thinking positively so you can keep performing daily in a way that's going to drag you out of that rut. If everything went bad for me, I know that I could sit on stream, I could go into the bathroom every hour, smoke meth, and then come out <laughs> and act like I show speed and just be <laughs> just screaming, freaking out. That's what I would do. If I was down to my last, uh-huh. I'm smoking meth in the bathroom yeah. for subs. <laughs> in this bathroom? You <laughs> own this subs. building, right? Is it paid off? Uh, actually, I wasn't even thinking about doing it here. I would assume that the building would be gone by the time I got this low. Yeah. Well, that'd be a great strategy, but I feel like you would spend all your earnings on meth and then like eventually- Pretty cheap drug. Amphetamines? I guess that's why it's Pretty so sure. prevalent here in the greater Los Angeles area. And in this office. Who's been smoking meth? Josh. Uh, I don't know. What, do we have anything else that we should talk about before we uh, get Destiny here? Actually, we have like 15 minutes to go. But I, I have this like crazy long list of different topics that we could kind of throw at Destiny. So just so you know, that 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 is out there. Okay. And uh, yeah. Well, tell me about your Thanksgiving a little bit. You mentioned... You mentioned a little bit about young people doing this thing, and it it triggered a memory in me. Adam said that these younger guys in his family will come up to him, and they'll mention what happened recently on the podcast, the fight. For the record, these are are people in Lena's family. Okay. So it's like a little bit of a separation where, like, there, there are no young swashbuckling men on my side of the family. It's basically like I have my side of the family, which is... My sister, Josh, who is banging my sister, my mom. You're a piece of shit, Josh. My dad. I know it's fucked up. We're going we're gonna to talk about that later. But uh, And then his kids, uh-huh. who are a product of said banging. Uh-huh. And then my kid and my girl or whatever. So that that's my side of the family out here in Southern you California. You got his sister pregnant, you fucking scumbag? A couple times, really. Twice? And he's bragging about piece it. He's throwing shit. up Look the deuces at him. smile. And then, uh, and then on the other side, we have Lena's whole family, which is basically... Just a shitload of Armenian people. Uh-huh. Um, uh, that's got to be annoying. Many, <laughs> many of them smoke <laughs> cigarettes. Some large percentage of them like to get drunk. Totally different vibe uh-huh. from my side of the family where nobody smokes, nobody's getting drunk. It's super tame. They're quiet. Her family is like so loud and just like everybody's just talking and sometimes there's like moments where like the kid will be upset because of like a loud noise or mm-hmm. because the dogs are pissing her off mm-hmm. and the kid is just surrounded by eight armenian people with booming voices mm-hmm. just like give me her and i will take her mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. like yeah. it's just like her family's communication style when i see it side by side with uh-huh. my family it is kind of mind-blowing yeah so I deal with that a lot. Yeah, the Armenian culture. It's when I think about the Armenian culture, it's just like they uh they just escaped the genocide. I've heard they're really into uh the men are really into scams. They like to do scams in order to I bolster say their purse. Her, I haven't seen any of that on her side of the family, but I will say also that she warned me pretty early on that I should be weary of doing business with 
let's say like shady seeming Armenian dudes because some guy came up to me at a restaurant and offered to like let me rent his exotic car or use his exotic cars in exchange for Instagram promo and she just told me like I have a bad feeling about that. Bro, you just give me one tag, you have the Ferrari, bro, <laughs> yeah. the entire weekend. My buddy Leo, he uh he's like was best friends with an Armenian guy for a long period of his working life right. and he's got so many stories about this dude. This guy would sell baby sharks on the weekend that he caught by himself in the ocean he would go catch baby sharks and then sell them to rich people see that's the kind of armenians i want to be around that sounds amazing oh he was incredible and then he also had a story too like he's like bro if you kill somebody at late at night i know a guy he runs a crematorium for the funeral house ten thousand dollars no question asked he burned the body he would burn the body that's get real. That taken care of? That's real, so dude. So you're kind of keeping that in your back pocket. You're thinking that that might be a, a way out in case you ever happen to, if your girl takes a little stumble down the stairs or whatever. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, if she, uh, if there's a Mullen Jr. on the way and we disagree about whether or not the Mullen Jr. should be born, well, she might be taking a one-way trip to the crematorium, bro. That got dark. That was that's not true. <laughs> Thanks to your, that's your not Armenian true. buddies. Bro, it's no problem. Ten thousand dollars, bro. No questions asked. Yeah. I kid. We're no, but I it. haven't met any of these like super shady Armenian dudes. I just kinda like hear about it. But one time, all right, so like her sister married another Armenian dude, right? And they're like Russian Armenians. So I go I went to like one party at their house for the when we found out if it was a boy or girl or whatever when they had a kid. And I got to see like a whole different breed of Armenians because they're all rocking Da Vinci shirts and they got fucking, they're smoking even more cigarettes. It's just like a very different style with this like Russian Armo grouping. I don't know. Uh, uh, more designer and then more cigarettes. Those are the, and, and they seemed like, I'm not, I'm not saying this is the case, but they seem like they might be a little bit more predisposed to organized crime i think i was getting a little bit closer that's how it is to what i would actually need to do in order to get myself a crematorium Mm -hmm. connect yeah it's just all about proximity to russia yeah for sure the russians are just criminals it's in their it's in their genealogy don't you think i think so it's gonna take thousands of years before they can get that fully out of their system yeah they're just gonna keep invading shit they're gonna keep stealing catalytic converters i don't know what we can do about it yeah we should go to like a russian like club, like a, I want to be around a bunch of eighty-year-old Russian dudes smoking cigarettes in like a, a parlor playing chess or like cards or something. And What's I want I want to know what they think uh-huh. about all this, all the woke shit. This is the Ukraine thing in general. I think that's who we really need to tap in with. The old Russians, they yeah. probably love it. They still throw parades for Stalin, who <laughs> killed like sixty million of their cousins. That's dedication right there. Uh, to what? I'm not sure. Murder? No. Yeah. I mean, just not being willing to let go. I want to meet the Russians who live in America that are willing to tell me that Putin's doing everything right. They exist. They yeah. love him, dude. Yeah. It's like the same people, Trump and Putin, aren't that dissimilar. Right. People just love a guy who doesn't give a shit, who shit talks other world leaders at the UN. Like, I remember for a while when Trump and I remember when Trump and Putin were like broing down. Yeah. And there would be clips of Trump like walking right past Justin Trudeau and punking him and then going over <laughs> and shaking Putin's hand. I remember yeah. there were body language, like manosphere YouTubers, like breaking it down and shit. But there were, I remember highlight reels of Donald Trump. Those were really popular. But also highlight reels of Vladimir Putin shit talking people. Those were coming up too. Like he threatened to circumcise a reporter once, right. which is really funny. I'm, I like it too. I'm really glad though that we didn't get to live through the part, the timeline in which 
Ukraine got invaded by Russia and Donald Trump was just there to basically say, like, no, this is fine. Mm -hmm. Because that definitely would have it would have been fucking insane to see how that played out if Trump was the president. Yeah. Basically, just like, listen, there are there are fine people on both sides. Okay, we don't need to get involved in this issue. I can't believe that you just used the fine people on both sides example, though, because, you know, that's bullshit, right? The Charlottesville. Well, it's just like he didn't say that like that. That is one of the best examples of the media treating Trump unfairly. Really? Because in the context of the actual clip, he's pretty clearly saying that there were good good conservatives and they're bad conservatives and you hate trump so you're not <laughs> you're do. not sticking your neck out for i do him right but here. this is just like uh, it's just the fact that they treated him so unfairly on this and that people will still reiterate it as if he actually said that there were like good nazis or whatever mm-hmm. is like i don't know that that moment in american history more than anything else makes me so massively skeptical of the media's role in our society so what did he actually say because charlottesville this was a little bit before i was interested at all in politics but basically there was some sort of present the unite the right thing that's what it was called right was it did it start out as a legitimate conservative rally or was it always going to be this nazi fest that it turned into if you guys look this up it's just a bunch of old guys with kkk hoods and young guys who have tactical riot shields rolling around throwing up the white power sign and right. like punching antifa people in the face okay so this is a uh, debunking that I found on a extremely official looking website called the American Presidency Project, but it says fact check after Charlottesville, President Trump specifically and totally condemned neo Nazis and white nationalists. Meanwhile, Joe Biden once honored a former KKK exalted Cyclops and repeatedly used that. Okay, so I'm not sure about the website that I'm looking at, but I love knowing that there's a KKK role called the Exalted Cyclops. Yeah, and Joe Biden, or Joe Biden at one point had something to do with them. I know they had the wizard and the dragon. I don't know they had a cyclops, too. They're having a lot of fun over there with their titles. we got to give them that. Okay, but as CNN's Jake Tapper has said, President Trump did not call neo-Nazis or white supremacists very fine people. Elsewhere, in those remarks, the president did condemn neo-Nazis and white supremacists, so he's not saying that the neo-Nazis and white supremacists are very fine people. He even said in the speech, he said... I'm not talking about the neo-Nazis and the white nationalists because they should be condemned totally. Hmm. So he condemned it as about as hardcore as he possibly could have. Now, how the fuck did our legacy news media actually like get away with pushing that mm-hmm. on people? Mm-hmm. And I said, I'm, I'm a Trump hater, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but this is insane that mm-hmm. they could get away with that. Mm-hmm. And that's why when you see Elon Musk saying that the New York Times is not real news or whatever, it's like... That is offensive to me only in the sense that Elon Musk is constantly politicking with people on Twitter who are real pushers of real intentional fake news in a way that I don't think it's fair to compare to the New York Times. But when you look at a situation like that, it is a pretty clear cut. The New York Times, if they care about being factual or right at all, should have issued a a denial of that statement mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. if it didn't happen which it didn't happen mm-hmm. they're misrepresenting his words they're taking it out of context and i remember so many people here i remember there was a, a tv writer who i used to follow who the second after trump allegedly said that posted a thing where the white house was a cake had a kkk hood on <laughs> right like basically saying that the president and his cabinet are all a bunch of fucking clansmen's drunk around a campfire somewhere talking about a lynching right and we're gonna we're about to get into this with destiny but are you aware that Nick Fuentes, the white supremacist kid who we did the 
stream with that he now is best buds with Kanye and that Kanye actually took him and brought him in front of President Trump at his spot, Mar- Maria Lago, whatever the fuck you say it, in, in Florida. So he showed up at that shit with Nick Fuentes. And Kanye? And Kanye really, no, Kanye showed up to have dinner with, with Trump, with Nick Fuentes. Mm-hmm. And if you think about this, it might be 40 chess because Kanye, I don't know how serious he's taking his own campaign. He seems to be really taking it serious, but he basically served up the the media like the perfect way to shit on Trump by saying, look, Trump had fucking dinner with this white supremacist. Mm-hmm. So like right there. When was this? This was over the weekend. Mm. This was like Thursday or Friday or some shit like that. Damn. Probably not Thursday. That was Thanksgiving, but mm-hmm. maybe Wednesday. I don't know. But either way, it's like. That's the craziest timeline ever. And I've been told by some people who, are, who speak to Nick Fuentes that he kind of like looks at No Jumper as probably the m- mainstream like media institution that's been like the most fair to him. So I think that like realistically. This is mainstream media? I mean, m- think about how every other, uh, you know, news organization interacts with Nick. Mm-hmm. They basically just talk about what a piece of shit he is. They would never ask him for a comment on anything. They just bring up all these old quotes. They don't give him any chance to actually contextualize it or explain how he actually feels about stuff. At least we let him talk. And yeah, Flacco loves him. Fl- I try to I try to learn more about because I hear like Nick Fuentes is coming in. He's I need to watch your guys' pod you did. Right. And I'll ask Flacco, I'll be like, Yeah, what well, so what's up? Isn't that guy like uh raging white supremacist? And Flacco's like, No, he, he he's not racist. He just he don't think white and black people should mix. And I'm like, <laughs> Oh. But he's cool though. Like that's Flacco's take on everything. The fact that Flacco has so much love in his heart for for Nick is just mind blowing. He's like, such a masochist, Flacco. Like he like wants people to be racist, and then he likes them more if they are. Somebody asked me the other day. They're like, "Why? Why is Flacco such a fan of Nick Fuentes as a black man?" And I was like, "That's a great question. I I, I don't really have much of an answer for that myself." But the way he'll always say it, his his answer that he goes to will be. I would way rather spend time with a Nick Fuentes who's honest, uh, who's honest about how he feels about black people than one of these liberal cuck rah rah rahs who who secretly hates black people but they act like they love us yada yada and I'm like those are the two things that you're choosing between like there's got to be something in between there uh-huh. like I don't I don't know yeah, like me or you I heard him or say that on the normal person, on yeah. the destiny debate yeah. how does Nick interact toward Flacco is he like, is he condescending is he a dick. Is there any conversational racism going on, or is he pleasant? Or I don't Flacco? think he was a dick to him because Flacco's so on his side that uh-huh. it's just he's just riding with him. So it's like why, Nick has no incentive to be critical of Flacco at all. I mean, the closest thing that Nick said afterwards that I could have seen becoming a little bit of a thing is like he was he was like repeating something that AD said on his stream, and when he was repeating it, you know, there's like you can impersonate somebody, and it's like if you sound like you're doing a little bit too much of a racialized impersonation how was my flacco right there i mean flacco is a very different person he's like such a specific style but i'm like when when nick was like imitating ad Uh he was kind of doing like a default black guy voice or whatever and i was sort of watching it like Oh God! Like they're gonna be pissed about this. I never heard anything about it, so I don't know if he actually got offended by it. But. Yeah. Well, I was trying to do Flacco. Flacco has got a very uh, distinct speech pattern. Yeah, That's what I was going insane. for. Sounds insane. Yeah. But uh, he told us he has to do. He has to tighten his abs up every time he starts stuttering, and that'll make it stop. Doesn't seem like it's working that well, but you hired him. You're the one who made a professional stutterer a podcaster. Believe it or not, there was like a month or two on this podcast where Flacco was like the only thing we talked about. I like Flacco. I fucking back no, him. Don't great. get me wrong. I love Flacco too. 
two minutes. Last thing I want to talk about, I, this might not be a two-minute subject, but Nick Fuentes, I, he keeps saying that, I hear it's like, oh, Nick Fuentes isn't that extreme, but he doesn't believe that white and black people should have babies together. Like, what is his possible logic? It's kind of hard to, like, get at what he actually thinks, but, and definitely this is something we should talk about more in Devil's Destiny, but it's like, it's almost like he gives me, or like, on our interview, because it's kind of like a version of himself that's kind of like, oh, well, I just think everybody should stick together to their own kinds, and then, like, I've heard quotes from him on his show where he just sounds like much, much more aggressive to other races, you know? Sure. So it's kind of hard to figure out exactly where he stands. I don't know. Fucking not breeding with other races and peoples just leads to inbreeding and just the exact opposite of what I some people. It doesn't lead to a pure bloodline. It just makes you get hemophilia and, and die if you cut your elbow you think the average in the kitchen. Is the average mixed race person more attractive than the average person who's like all one race have you ever been to fucking ireland dude that's a good point yeah ever want to have sex with a transparent fleshed red-headed fire crotched irish lass yeah that's true think about it dude they are disgusting yeah it's, does anybody everybody in ireland is just like a fat potato farmer but okay you go to russia you go to switzerland you go to fucking uh, you know estonia Bro, I'm telling you, they have the most elite-looking white bitches you've ever seen in your fucking life out there. It's like the chick working at McDonald's half the time looks like she could be a supermodel in America. It's fucking weird. Hmm. So that would be my only argument against that. They probably got invaded by some horde at some point, though. But uh, do you think that there's like some effect that mixed-race people have on your brain where it's like, it's it's interesting. It's mm. it's something you haven't seen necessarily. So your brain interprets mm. it as being more attractive, or is it the other way where it's kind of challenging for your brain? So your brain perceives them as being less attractive. Mm. I'm I'm tending to go towards more attractive, like the way people. But but it also depends the races. But like, can you think of a bad blend? It's a very interesting question. Right. Black and Asian, most people like. White we, and black people like. Asian and white people love. We just condemned the Irish as ugly. I'm Irish. I can do that. I'm if holding you, the scepter here. If you take an Irish person and you, you mix them with a, a Nigerian woman, doesn't that sound a lot better than just plain old Irish? I mean, one always must be careful when mixing Irish and Nigerian. <laughs> It's the rule of thumb. No, we sounds... have some more research to do on this topic before we can really figure it out. Now, I, I agree with you, though. I think what is new and rare stands out. Mm. Just like when – I don't even think it's big tits or big asses. I don't think evolutionarily there's much value in that, but it's novel. So when you're walking through the mall, you're like, oh, B cup, B no, cup, No, but that's a. all evolution. Double Ds. Big tits and big ass are all evolution because that's letting you know that she's going to be able to feed your kids well. Uh-huh. Yeah. So all the milk just hangs out in the titty and she's going to run out if she's got small tits? Your animal brain perceives it that way. Okay. I think. I think maybe that those things are just novel and they stand out. I don't see what a big ass... I know... So the one evolutionary sign of reproductive health that is irrefutable is hip-to-waist ratio. Oh, exactly. That's why the BBL is so popular. Mm -hmm. Even more so than the fake tits, really. It's like the number one thing that's going to make you look way more attractive to the average person. Yeah. A big trunk, and that doesn't necessarily just mean ass. It means hips. It means your belt line. If that's wide and then around your belly button gets narrow, that indicates fertility. And that's one of the biggest things when you look at a trans woman on uh, Instagram. That gets you rock hard? No, it's one of the biggest things that, like allows you to 
be able to discern between who is a biological male and who isn't. Mm. But the thing is, I know some trans girls who are out here getting hip fillers. So the fucking between that and the lipo, they have tiny ass waists and their fucking hips look gigantic. This is the thing that's going to make it so that no yeah. man is able to tell if they're sleeping with a trans person or not because that shit's tricky. You know, in World War II, when the bombers used to drop chaff, that sh- it would jam the German radar. Okay. Hip fillers are trans chaff. They yeah. jam our transdar. Yeah, because, okay, have you have you read about the uh, lab-synthesized meat that they're working on? It's, it's, I'm talking it, about food, not yeah, trans people right oh, now. Oh, yeah, I, I, it's hard to know, but I have. It's artificial meat. It, they, it they tastes just like meat. They grow it in a fucking laboratory, and they're able to synthesize it, and so it's like you, you could theoretically have you know, ground beef or a steak that didn't actually come from an animal, yeah. and, the, and if you were to get it to the point that no human being were able to tell the difference, mm-hmm. it kind of qual- calls into question veganism because mm-hmm. you're like, oh, well, if you could eat something that is exactly like a steak but it doesn't have any of the cruelty associated with it, mm-hmm. then what's the difference? If trans surgeries get so good that nobody is able to tell the difference, mm-hmm. are they even trans? I think we're going to get to a point where it is not considered gay by anybody's measure to just have sex with trans people. I think we should start with this podcast right here. You and I got to fuck a trans? I think that would be a great episode. All right, Destiny interview. I think based on the fact that we kind of talked about him and politics, we should probably drop this later in this week. Sure. Yeah. Especially since I'm going live with Destiny today. Ooh. All right, Danny. All right, Adam. Sledge Lords. Sledge Lords. We'll be back next week. Mm-hmm. Bang, bang.